In case you didn't notice, we're talking about Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. Can you put your hands together for him? Come on. Put your hands together for the Lord this morning. If you know him, if you love him, put your hands together. Come on. Don't stop. You clap when your Rams win or lose to the Eagles last week. Thank you, Lord. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come into your presence today. We honor you, Lord, with this time. We celebrate you today with this service. This is our sacrifice to you, Lord God. Please receive it. We thank you so much for allowing us to come into your presence like this. Thank you for bringing us together, so many of us, here this morning. What a wonderful treat it is. What we have before us, Father, is something that only you can make possible. A reality that only you can make happen. Thank you for bringing so many people from so many different walks of life into this setting this morning to hear about the baby Jesus. Father, we love you and we praise you. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says. So the title, I'm going to be brief, by the way. Probably have nine minutes left. This is going to be my shortest time before you. Uh, But it was designed to be that way. The title that I have for you this morning is Jesus Christ, Our Redeemer. Jesus Christ, Our Redeemer. Did you enjoy the music today so far? Amen. Hallelujah. How about the little ones? How about those children? Oh, man. I don't know about you, but I needed a tissue. That little, that little, the little king there in the end, um, Stephen's son. Oh my goodness. What a wonderful treat. What a wonderful celebration. What a wonderful opportunity this time of year. If we, if, if only we can celebrate like this every single Sunday. And how about that skit? Huh? How about that skit? It was my idea. Not. Joy looked at me with daggers in his eyes. Don't you take my thunder. What a wonderful time. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. This morning, briefly, we're going to talk about why it is Jesus Christ came. Why it is the baby Jesus had to be born. We spoke last Sunday when we preached from Luke chapter 2, and what a wonderful time it was in God's presence. This morning, we're going to just try to unpack it briefly from these two verses. I love these verses because it gets, Paul the Apostle goes right to the point. This is the reason why Jesus the Christ had to be born. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, say amen if you have it. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we may receive adoption as sons. I'm going to read that again. Some of you were still fingering through your Bible. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who were under the law so that we may receive adoption as sons. So that we may receive the adoption as sons. When we consider the Christmas season, the things that in my mind which seem to be most constant in society today is talk about Santa Gift-given, Christmas trees, ornaments, festivities, and things like that. The reality is, what is this season really all about? And we all have all sorts of arguments. No matter who you come in contact with in society today, everybody has a different take, a different perspective as to why it is we celebrate during this season. You go to Philadelphia, Philadelphians are going to have their own unique perspective. You travel to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico is going to have their own unique perspective. I mentioned Puerto Rico because I'm Puerto Rican by descent. And Puerto Ricans have their own unique way of celebrating the Christ child. And it isn't always sound. And for the most part, it isn't sound at all. In fact, when you consider society and the way society at large celebrates this season, for the most part, it isn't biblically sound. So at the end of the day, the question always still remains, what is the reason for the season? And if, like me, you agree that Jesus Christ is the reason for the season, why is it that society is the way that it is today with with respect to this particular holiday? My hope for this lesson and my challenge to you is that you leave here with a better understanding of why it is Jesus Christ came. And why it is he suffered the way that he suffered. What did he actually come to accomplish? So I want to share two things with you this morning really quickly. Number one, God had a plan. God had a plan for mankind. And then secondly, Jesus Christ was born to sacrifice himself for all of us. Concerning point one, number one, God had a plan. Look at your text once again. Look at verse four, Galatians four, verse four. It says, when the fullness of time had come, the connotation in this one particular clause in this verse is that from the beginning of time, God has orchestrated a series of fulfillments to his son, Jesus Christ. From the beginning of time. And the, and the classic passage in the Bible is Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It's referred to as, uh, for, um, by theologians as proto-evangelium. What a term, right? What a phrase. What in the world does that mean? It, it refers to the first messianic prophecy in your Bible and mine. Genesis 3.15. I'm going to read it to you this morning. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. From the beginning of time, after God uttered those words, in fact, if you know the Bible at all, it, the Bible actually refers to the, this, this prophecy concerning the, the birth of our Messiah from eternity past. It was determined by God that it would, in fact, happen. But just think, from this, the utterance of Genesis 3.15, God began a campaign of fulfilling 
many prophecies. In fact, if you consider the prophecies from the Bible that Jesus Christ actually fulfilled, there were over 300 prophecies with multiple details in each one that Jesus Christ fulfilled when he actually showed up in that manger so long ago. Nations. The nations that were in existence when he was born had to be in existence. The roads that were built by the Romans had to be built in order to, in order to usher in this Christ child, the Messiah. Everything had to be in its proper place. The cultures that existed during that time, the people, the events. And as I said to you already, the roads. I repeat that because it was significant. It was the Romans who actually in the end made it possible for the birth of the Christ child. Because this census drew masses from all over the known world to register, to give an account of themselves. And for this tax season as well. What was the plan of God from the very beginning concerning Jesus? What was the plan? The plan was simply to rescue mankind from his sin. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve committed the sin that God admonished them, encouraged them not to commit. They committed the sin. They touched the tree they weren't supposed to touch. And as a result of that act of rebellion, if you will, because that's exactly what it was, as a result of that act of rebellion, their sin, their their nature, their perfect nature was now marred, compromised, and sin entered the world. And because they were our first parents, that nature that they now inherited passed on to every single one of us. That's exactly why you and I are hell-bent, if you will. Some of you got up this morning with the wrong frame of mind. Sometimes we have these ideas that are just not good. How many can relate? We do things we're not supposed to be doing. We say things we're not supposed to be saying. We frequent certain places we know we ought not to be going. We hang out with people we know we shouldn't be hanging out with. Sin in the beginning passed on to all of humanity. And that is the reason why. In eternity past, God, our Father, our Creator, came up, the, came up with the amazing plan that one day, one day He would manifest Himself in human form for the purpose of going to the cross. God had a plan. Point number two, he was called upon to die. Look at verse four, the latter part of the verse, and verse five. It says, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem. That's the operative term here. To redeem, it means to buy back, to settle the debt, to pay the price. To redeem those who were born, who were under the law, so that we might receive the adoption as sons. Amazing! This is the greatest love story ever told. It's not the one between your mommy and your daddy. 
between you and your husband or between you and your It's not the one that we see on the news from time to time. That marriage, you know, the prince and the princess, etc. That in the news this past year. But no, it's not about that. It's greater than that. The greatest love story that's ever been told is the one that we're reading about, the one that we're celebrating about here today. That one day Jesus Christ, he took his royal robes, ripped himself of his glory, if you will, of his majesty, and he became flesh. For what purpose? For and to die for your sins and mine. To make a way for you and I to escape. To bring us before His Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, pure and sinless. Once we receive Him in our hearts as Lord and Savior. He was born to be cursed. The Bible has a lot to say about that. Cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. Deuteronomy, Leviticus, the book of Numbers. It repeats that reality, that principle. Jesus Christ, outside of the walls of Jerusalem, he was lifted up and thereby cursed for you and I. He was for what purpose? Just to reiterate, he upon himself the condemnation that you and I should have received or should be receiving. The Bible You allowed yourself to be used by God. I, I'm sorry, I really needed Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says that the wages or the penalty of sin is, is death. It's talking about eternal damnation. So when Jesus Christ came, he came to be cursed for us. He took upon himself what we should be receiving. The text reads that he was made under the law. It means that, it means that because the law demanded death... He was offering up himself in our place. Just think, just think of it. He offered himself up in our place. And he did it so that we may receive forgiveness and salvation through him. At this time, we're going to move towards a closing song. But I want you to think about this love story that we're talking about. Think about the Christ child. You cannot afford, we cannot afford to consider this season the way the rest of the world does. The way the rest of society does. Do not get lost in the gift giving. Do not get lost in the worldly celebration of Christmas. Because it's more than that. It's bigger than that. It's more glorious than that. Remember the reason for the season. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? God bless you guys.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I think we would be remiss if we did not offer someone here today the opportunity to know this Christ child. Let me ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to move towards prayer at this time. Bow your heads with me this morning. Somebody here does not know Jesus. It's been a wonderful experience for you. An impact, a movement, an influence, an experience that you have. You may not necessarily be able to explain it. What is happening in your heart is that the Holy Spirit is knocking at the door of your heart. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens up and lets me in, I will come in to him. And I will sup with him and he with me. What that means is that he, he desires to establish a relationship with you. You cannot leave from this place here today without the assurance of salvation in your life, in your soul. Jesus Christ died for you. He suffered for you. He bled for you so that you may have life. So that he may feel the emptiness in your soul and in your heart is undeniable. We all know about this void within us. Jesus wants to fill it in your life here today. He wants to forgive your sins. There's nothing you can do to earn it. So stop trying. Salvation is a gift from God. And all you have to do is invite him in. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Recognize the fact that you need him in your life. If that describes you, pray this prayer with me. If you want to know Jesus, if you want your sins forgiven, if you want the assurance that you're going to heaven... Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you died for me on the cross so that I may have life, so that my sins may be forgiven. I need you, Jesus, in my life. Please forgive my sin. Forgive all of my sin and come into my life Come into my heart. I invite you, Jesus. And I give you my life. And I pray, give me the strength I need to serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Amen. 
Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for this time in your presence. And I thank you for the fact that someone repeated that prayer after me. Someone here is now a child of God. I pray, Father God, as a, by way of instruction, Father, that that someone, whoever that person may be, may talk to somebody about the decision that was made here today. Perhaps to me, perhaps to one of the other leaders, one of the ushers, and to just simply say, I prayed that prayer with the preacher today. What do I have to do now? Father, thank you so much for this time in your presence. We love you and we praise you. Bless the remainder of our day. We thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives and in this church. We pray these things in Jesus' name and God's people say, come on one more time. God's people say, let me ask you to stand on your feet as we sing the song through one more time. God keep you and bless you, and may you have a merry, merry Christmas.